clearly it's a hot button for me. So yes, it's a super emotional conversation. I'm glad we're talking about it. Hello, welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicky, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi, Mom. Hi, Ingrid. Let's talk about having confidence as a mom. Having confidence as a mom, that's a big topic. (laughs) I have a friend that is a mom of, well, a tween, almost tween, and a five-year-old. And she made a comment to me the other day, and I thought, oh, I'm sure Mom would have wisdom for this. After an energetic, let's say, conversation with her tween, she looked at me and said, as a mom, I'm just constantly wondering, am I doing anything right? Sigh. Big ah. sigh. And I, I just thought, you know, I'm not a mom. I don't. I think you're doing great. But I just figured she can't be the only mom that thinks that. Yeah. And so I thought we could have a conversation about were there times or what were the times when you felt like, am I doing anything right? And how can we encourage all the moms listening today? Mm, Definitely. Well, I made it a mission in my life over all of my intense years as a mom of three kids or two kids or one child to be intentional. Yeah. So definitely that was a mission. And when you guys became tweens and teens and started to withdraw, I mean, I don't really ever feel like any of you were hugely rebellious or belligerent to me, but there was a time or two when I got the sentence, stop interrogating me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I thought, oh, I wouldn't have described it that way. I'm just (laughs) asking you questions. That's like a really harsh statement. That's hard to hear. And there was times when I, in the effort to identify with you three, was, you know, in one of one of you in conversation, I would say, this is what I did when I was a kid, or you remind me of me when I was a kid and having one of my children say to me, I don't really want to be compared to you. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, yes. Thoughts like, am I doing anything right as a mom? Definitely crossed my mind. And in the moment, it is really hard to hear those things from your child. And it can feel crushing and saddening. It can feel maddening and super angry to the point of where moms turn around and yell at their kids and say, I've dropped everything and done everything for you. Yeah. (laughs) What? And this is the thanks that I get. You know, the ingratitude. You are so selfish. Look, you can see how easily it rolls off my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty pathetic. Clearly, it's a hot button for me. So yes, it's a super emotional conversation. I'm glad we're talking about it. Because you're not even in the throes of that anymore. And it's bringing up enough for sure to prove how hard it is. And I I just, man, I hear you. I, I totally understand why moms jump, clap back, as they say. And mm. how, dare, how dare you talk to me that way? And what I, I, my first observation is that those thoughts, at least in your scenario and in this one with my friend, most quickly come up when the child themselves is... I guess, for lack of a better term, attacking you as mom. Do you feel like uh, those those thoughts of insecurity come off come up most often 
Like when you're alone reflecting on your parenting or when you're in the throes of it with your child? Probably when I'm in the throes of it, I'm thinking of other things. And and as I get a little space to reflect, I kind of take a deep breath and sigh and say, am I doing anything right as a mom? Or that's when you have the child that's four and a half, six years younger that still loves you and thinks you're a superhero. And you go like, I'm going to go be with my five-year-old right now. And I do remember... I do remember laughing with other moms and saying, I'm going to go hang out with my kindergartner right now because they're not going through puberty. (laughs) (laughs) That's so valid. (laughs) Uh, Yes, the little five-year-old problems in the world are like, where's my calico critters and I can't find this. And oh my goodness, it's so easy by comparison (laughs) to solve a five-year-old's problems than a 10-year-old's problem or a 12-year-old's problem or a 14-year-old's problem. I, I had many conversations like that with other moms. I'm glad. I'm glad that there were other moms there. When you had those conversations with moms, did you end up, was it, were you just swapping war stories? Was there like advice flown back and forth or was it just like a collective sigh? Well, it's interesting. I didn't have that term war stories at the time. I heard that recently, like in the past two years. And I was like, oh, Huh. You know, I I didn't think of it that way, but that's that's a good way to describe it. And you don't want to like devolve into those. It's kind of like one upsmanship. Right. This is how terrible my day with my girl was. You think that story was bad. I have one for you. Uh, There's a little bit of that typically with every parent uh, because it brings up the life stages are similar and similar things happen in different families. It, It shows, I think it shows a need for communication. It shows a need for talking to people in your age, in your same peer group. Mm. And I think it's helpful to talk to people who have older kids in their peer groups. I did specifically seek out parents who had kids that were three or four years older. And, but even that, when they got, you know, eight years down the road, I think, oh, you know, I really wanted to follow in your footsteps four years ago. And now, now your children are acting out eight years later. (laughs) They didn't act out in high school, but they acted out (laughs) post-college. And so you just had delayed a situation like this where your kids are kind of turning back and saying, leave me alone. It's the individuation period. It is. That is hard. And I did know that term. So I didn't always take it personally. Um, But it is not, there's not a lot of huge thanks in it. We do have Mother's Day every year. But there were times when I felt like Mother's Day was a little bit plastic and it was a little bit painful for me. Yeah. So, you know, you think of the Academy Awards come around every year and people get recognized and isn't that nice? You know, supposedly we have Mother's Day every year, but it it sometimes feels compulsory and not very sincere. (laughs) So there are definitely those self-doubt periods where you think, am I doing anything right as a mom? What I would like to encourage people though is that showing up being present being consistent at least it consistently present with your child is doing the right thing yeah that's what your child it's a hundred little things regularly that make the difference 
in a child's life. And I have learned that and I have the beauty of having you and your sister and even your high school sister on occasion, um, who has kind of wise beyond her years, <laughs> say yes. back to me, thank you, mom. This is what you've done for me. Yeah. So I do have a box where I keep the letters that you get give me, that you all th- you three give me. And um, hmm. my box has gotten filled. I've had to start a second box years ago. And it'll be fun. I never really open it. I just squeeze the <laughs> new cards in there. But it will be fun to look at years down the road and think of where those thoughts were coming from. Some of them are, you know, in the little elementary school cards, and some of them are really heartfelt, sincere, thoughtful cards. So those are important things, I think, to keep as reminders of, oh, yeah, I did do this right. And another thing that is helpful is hearing other people talk about your child. Ah. I remember um, hearing, and that's why going to the parent-teacher conference is useful. I remember hearing a math teacher in junior high talk about how helpful my daughter was and how she was so resourceful, how she answered questions, how she was so enthusiastic and all of that kind of thing. And and um, and how she like really liked to organize and help keep the cat classroom neat. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, that's good to hear. You know, you wonder if what you teach them at home, they ever do anywhere else. Yeah, and she's right. like, it's true. And she said, it doesn't matter if they do it at home, if they do it out in the world, then they're a good citizen. <laughs> You know, interesting, interesting point of view. Yeah. And I do get enough reports from different people that my three daughters are delightful and responsible, well-spoken, thoughtful, helpful. And I feel really good about that. Yeah, as you should. But that is a, a really interesting distinction that especially in those those mid-teen tween years, there's a lot of like me against mom feelings that may be specific to mom mm-hmm. <laughs> for a little while, which is its own can of worms. But actually, you're right, is a little bit different from the question like, am I doing anything right as a mom in general? Because maybe like to, to rephrase that question would be like, have I raised them to be good people at all mm-hmm. and the answer to that question is yes <laughs> you mm-hmm. indeed have and your your ability to stick with it and I, I love that it's always the simple things that are the hardest but just the showing up consistently that is mm-hmm. is what will stay with them I know that is true for sure that is a little bit more consistent usually out in the world versus the mom and daughter relationship which does have a lot of hills and valleys and Mm -hmm. you might be in a big valley for a while but like the hill will come again and so it, it probably feels a lot more like feast or famine in your relationship versus her, your daughter's relationship with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think the other thing that I thought of as I was speaking is that that question, am I doing anything right as a mom, can really have a lot of different meanings because one of them could be, is my is my daughter going to give anything to society? Like, have I raised her right? Mm. But the other way to ask that question is, am I doing anything right as a mom? Like, am I as a mom good enough? I, I think there's that could just speak to the mom-daughter relationship. Like, I don't feel like my daughter thinks I've done anything right as a mom. There was definitely times when you guys were in high school where, where I actively sought out other women with that five to one concept of other important, trying to put five people around my children that were interested in their well-being separate from me yeah. to provide perspective and well-being and all of that kind of thing. I, I sought that out and not everybody responded super well to it. Or I would say most people didn't take it up and actively, intentionally come alongside you guys the way I envisioned would happen. 
but one person did more. And then I started to feel a little insecure, hmm. like that person was more fun than me. Hmm. And I I think I even said to your sister at one point, you know, would you rather her be your mom? Oh, no. And she was um, really sincere with me. And she said, no, mom, I, I wouldn't. I don't want her to be my mom. Because that's a different role entirely. But I... That is really wonderful for you to share because that makes sense. If with your five-year-old, you are all things. Yeah. And then that, that you, you would, again, as we've said over and over, like the differentiation process is for both mom and daughter. And so it sounds like at that moment, my sister had already split this like friendship guidance coach and the mom role. And you hadn't quite yet. And mm. you were still like thinking that that those two things were the same person. And she looked back at you and said, no, like you're my mom. But mm-hmm. that already meant something different from be my, be my everything, come play with me all the time, the way he <laughs> does as a kid. Yeah. So, I mean, that was definitely a point of insecurity when – and as a daughter, I always had from high school on mentors in my life who were definitely really important in that role. So I think of them as – being important. And when I was in college, I would talk about them more than I would talk about my mom. And Mm. I had somebody ask me one time, you know, like, like they, I think they were asking me something like, who do you admire? And I was naming these people. And they said, are your parents on that list? And, you know, I, I was like, well, yeah, I guess so. You know, I hadn't (laughs) thought about it, but thinking about it. And then of course, becoming a parent and over the years thinking about how consistent my parents were. There was a lot of in my life, I didn't get this support from my parents. I didn't get this support from my parents kind of thing, you know, the the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset. Mm. So it's been helpful to kind of recast my story that I tell, (laughs) even the story I tell myself about myself and say, actually, my parents really provided so much for me and, and they... They understood a lot about me. They came from their very traditional roles mindset, but they um, were very supportive of me and as present as they knew how to be in my life, I would say. Yeah. I've kind of had a new understanding of that. And it's a little bit bit sad that it takes so long to get there. Well, I would just say, like, you are 51 and figuring and like rewriting your story now. (laughs) That's just a reiteration of the mom and daughter relationship is long and Mm -hmm. hopeful, but Mm -hmm. it is as long as life itself. And that Mm -hmm. is not the sake for your daughter and her seventh grade math teacher. And her daughter, your daughter knows that, you know, she Mm -hmm. knows that she doesn't have a lifetime to, (laughs) to mend this with you. With with her math teacher and she does with you. Were there were there specific? I mean, you talked about like friends and people, but like, were there like one or two activities or people that you would like text or share with right away to be like, I feel extremely insignificant right now. Help a girl out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have a friend who I don't see in person very often, but I see uh, I I talk to on the phone almost every week, and she is my prayer partner, and so. I would call out to her and lament to her and she would listen, really good listener. And then we would end in prayer, typically. And we decided probably 10 years ago or 11 years ago at this point to bless each other 
with a fruit of the spirit blessing. And we we did one fruit a year. So that's why I know it's at least nine because we're, we're, we've gotten through all the fruits plus that's one or two years. That's impressive consistency. <laughs> we did it. And there were many years where we didn't actually talk to each other every single week, but right. often. But we would specifically look up a Bible verse on love. And then we would give each other a blessing on love. I bless your spirit in in this way. And it was it focused our prayers so they weren't lamenty and tattletale or anything right. like that, but right. they were just edifying and positive and wow. bringing forward something positive in you. So we blessed them with love and each other. We blessed each other. She gave yeah. me a blessing, I gave her a blessing with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness faithfulness and self-control. Very nice. Those those are great attributes to lean into (laughs) in your life. So I would um, call her and share my story pretty quickly. And there was one other friend that I did that with. We had kids similar ages. Yeah. So those were the most consistent people in my life. And that was really helpful and kind of being able to hear each other's stories. I think that's really, really great to mention and just just to have a, a tangible action for moms listening. That you do, do you do this in community? And mm-hmm. you've you've mentioned before how once I was in college and we were going through a super rough patch and you went to counseling, what you needed the counselor just to say to you was you've done a good job. Yes, yes. And I that was like crying when she said that. I didn't know how much I words. needed to hear that. And yeah. that is the culmination, we <laughs> I'm sad to say, of years and years and years of me and my sisters instigating the question in you, have I done enough as a mom? Mm-hmm. Which I think we each did all that we could with the knowledge that we had at the time. Mm-hmm. But you're not alone, moms. I think every mom feels that way sometimes and you need each other to walk through life together and affirm each other and, and combat the wild voice of your teenager who doesn't know who they are and is totally flailing. I think it's really helpful to unpack it a little bit and say, whoa, where is that Where is that question coming from? Yeah. Am I really feeling that insecure or is it my child that's going through puberty? And if it's yeah. my child that's going through puberty and they're at this like identity crisis stage of their life, then I don't really need to be spending time getting offended or mad at them True. because they are at this massive identity crisis stage of life. And if I could take this perspective, it's hard to be that side, but the person that gets attacked the most is usually the person that's the closest. Absolutely is. I mean, that is the whole point of your seventh grade math teacher still thinking you're a wonderful person and you coming home and being a monster. <laughs> You feel like at home you can come back, come home and be a monster, which is it ter- like kind of the testament to the safe home that's been created. Yeah, so that that's important. The other place to say, okay, well, if it's not my child that's going through puberty and I have this deep insecurity, you know, what value am I placing on the role that I have right here? Yeah, and I would say. That that's where you the the phrase uh, codependent can come in. Sure. I'm only okay if my child is okay Mm -hmm. and if my child isn't okay in my definition of okay then uh, maybe I'm not okay so having to like evaluate that a little bit and say what is my definition of okay what are my what value am I placing on their behaviors and their choices and their language and all of that kind of thing and what how closely do I identify with that makes me okay 
And I had to do a little separating of that when you guys were in college. And that was hard for me to do. But it's, it's a good way to describe it, that can you differentiate between those two? And I, I love the idea of just first asking, is this my, is this an insecurity within me or is this just my wild teenager? Because I agree, like take back that power. Teenagers are grasping and grasping for power, but it's, it's because they're trying to differentiate and they don't know what to do. And so they go too far because that's what we do as humans. Mm. So they don't need to take that power from you. You're still mom. You are a fully fledged adult who knows what they're doing and pays their own bills and has way more answers than the teenager ever will. So you don't have to be threatened when they flail around random accusations because mm. what that's has nothing to do with you. I think like, I mean, it's kind of like the the classic bully mantra mm. is like, hurt people hurt people. The bully lashes out because of reasons unknown to you, but they don't have to do with you. They have to do with the bully. And teenagers yes. can be totally be bullies, but that is not necessarily instigated by you. Probably very much isn't. But that's why, it, like you've, we've said many times, it's helpful to be in community and just to go, yeah. wait a second, what's going on here? I'm yeah. feeling really triggered by whatever she's doing, this child of mine. And this is a unique, it's, it's more severe and harsh in the mother-daughter relationship than in the mother-son relationship because the mother-son relationship is different yeah. and actually far less antagonistic. Uh, something just to pepper in here is the the helpful qualities in a, oh, what, what did we used to call it? A preemptive conversation. Mm, proactive. Because yes. there are so many times when in the middle of a argument, you know, words fly and teenagers are bullies and you start to feel insecure as a mom mm -hmm. and that is all like regular totally par for the course but when you're reflecting afterward it's probable that a lot of that was a miscommunication and expectation or whatever it was and so i i'm just realizing now that then what you can do is plan for a proactive conversation to have with your child later to say mm -hmm. you know that was really hard to talk about but I know that, and I know there are a lot of emotions that went into that, but really the reason that it was hard was because neither of us had a plan yet for whether or not you were going to go out with your friends this week. And I needed to know ahead of time how much money I was putting in your debit card. Mm. And that, and here's why. And it's because I love you. And it's because I don't have money doesn't grow on trees. And, because, you know. <laughs> And then all of a sudden you can sit down and have, you know, a conversation about like the actual, the actual things mm -hmm. that brought up this argument when the, when the, I think like the teenager was probably just like, I want to be an adult and you can't tell me what to do because I just want to go out with my friends and be a part of Gossip Girl for a minute out in the city, you know? <laughs> anyway, I just realized that there's always logistics intertwined with hurtful conversations. And mm -hmm. so after the hurtful conversation, if you can circle back in level tones to the logistics themselves, you mm. can set yourself up for success next time. Very helpful. Yes. Those are super important things to do to say, hey, at a calm time when you're not hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right. in a hurry, say, hey, we, can we need to circle back to that conversation? We just need to plan that this is going to happen and then say, well, how is it going to look next time we run into this? I would also like to encourage every mom listening that that whole little monologue I just gave was just regurgitation from things I learned from my mom. <laughs> so it does come back round and you are doing a good job. The seeds Thank are you. planted. <laughs> Yay. That's good to hear. Thank you. Yeah, that is through practice. 
didn't yeah. always come out very smoothly and beautifully. And when you're in the midst of the heated situation, it's never quite as easy or smooth or nice sounding, but it can be done. And as we do it, as we walk through it, then we get more receptive to having it happen the next time. And you have a lifetime to do it. So you just do it again better next time. Exactly. Yeah. We're here for your encouragement over and over again. Real life situations. You're doing a good job. <laughs> yes, you are doing a good job as a mom showing up each day. Mom, you're doing a good job. Thank you. Good to hear. <laughs> All right. Have a good weekend, Ingrid. I love you. I love you. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.